Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9 says, A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord determines his steps. Now, in Shan's paraphrase version, that means that I can plan what I'm going to do all day long. But God has a way of ensuring that every step I take is the, way, is the one that he wanted me to take. Now, what that doesn't mean is that you and I are just simple robots and we can't think for ourselves and therefore cannot do for ourselves. It means that you and I have a choice. We have a decision. In fact, many decisions each and every day as to how we're going to live this life by following Jesus. And it's hard. It's I mean, it's really hard at times. There are days, um, uh, as John was saying just a minute ago, that we get up and we're going, you know what? I can do this. It's, it's really not that hard. Nobody's letting me down and I'm not letting anybody else down. And then there are days when not only does everybody let you down, but you let everybody else down. And it really becomes a challenge. In your Bible... There are so many stories of real people who had days that were good and days that were not. Days that had great success to them. And then there were days that were just miserable, heartbreaking failure. And we read those stories not so that we can pass some kind of 10-question quiz at the end of the day, so that you and I can learn That, hey, there are other people that were trying as hard as you and I try every day. And by looking at what they did and listening to what they said and listening to how and looking at how God reacted and listening to what God said, we we can actually either enjoy the success that they might not have had or avoid the failure that they also may have had. So there, there are some great Stories that you and I can learn. And and, uh, among those stories, there's a man named Saul. Saul was an incredible uh, leader in the early church. Uh, He started uh, churches in ancient Turkey, ancient Greece, and ancient Italy. Now, some of you who are all too familiar with Saul's story are saying, wait a second, are you talking about Paul? Yeah, I am. In the beginning, if you open up uh, your Bible and you read uh, the book of Acts you'll find out about this guy who, who uh, was introduced to us uh, with the name of Saul. But as he began to travel and work for God, uh, his name was changed to Paul. When that happened, how that happened, what that purpose really, really was, there's some conjecture by a lot of guys who have read a lot more books than I or you put together have. But the bottom line is it really doesn't matter. I just say that so that if you, if you read the book of Acts, and I recommend that you do over the next uh, Uh, a couple of weeks as we take a look at his story, uh, you're going to see both names, and I don't want you to necessarily be confused. Um, Saul wasn't always necessarily, though, a great church leader. He was very well educated in Jewish law and the traditions. In the beginning of the church, he was one of the main leaders opposing people who follow Jesus. Yeah, I said that right. He was the guy that if you said... I want to find and follow Jesus. He was the guy that would chase you down, chase your family down, put you in prison, 
or worse. Now, when I tell you that, it seems kind of odd, doesn't it, that God would choose that kind of a guy to lead the church. That God would choose someone who would actually work against him. But it, in a mini-sermonette, if you will, God very rarely chooses qualified people. Case in point. But he does qualify them down the road. And anybody who's ever been a parent knows what that feels like. You're not ready when it happens. But you'll get there. The story of Paul is where the series of messages that I'm going to be bringing to you, it's it's where it begins, and it begins in uh, the book of Acts, as I said, in chapter 9. Four episodes in the life of this great leader um, that emphasize the phrase, I didn't see that coming. That's that phrase that you and I have an understanding of that uh, because of our experience in life, how great or how little it may be, we tend to think, oh, yeah, I know what's going to happen. I, I see what that person said. I see what that person did, did and I know what's coming. But what we think is going to happen not only does not happen, something completely different that we could not possibly have foreseen coming, in fact, did. So, as you you and I take a look at this story of Paul, I I want us to understand uh, just a couple of different things, but we'll get to some of those in the weeks to come. Today's message is kind of part A of A and B, part one of a two-part story. Uh, We're going to look at the the beginning of part of of the story, chapter 9, then next week, I want you to come back next week, it's about changed lives. Today, it's about divine interruptions. Divine interruptions. What is, when I say the word uh, divine interruptions, I mean, th- this is my definition. God stopping my routine. God stopping my routine. They, interruptions can be annoying. They can really irritate us. Uh, anybody who's tried to spend only an hour and a half on I-95 knows what that's all about. They can irritate us, they can be annoying, but interruptions can also really be important. And sometimes, every once in a while, there's an interruption that changes everything. It's that phone call from the doctor's office. It's the story on the news that makes everybody stop what they're doing and watch. This coming Tuesday, it'll be 17 years. Just like another Tuesday morning that many years ago when everybody thought it was going to be a normal day and then just before 9 o'clock, our entire world changed. Interruptions. Acts chapter 9, verses say this. Meanwhile, Saul continued to oppose the Lord's followers. He said they would be put to death He went to the high priest. He asked the priest for letters to the synagogues in Damascus. 
For those of you, uh, take a look at the map on my left right here. You've got um, the, the Sea of Galilee, the Dead Sea down here, and the Jordan River runs right in, between, right in between it. Go over a little bit more, there's ancient Jerusalem, and you just go north into Syria, and there's Damascus. So Paul was in Jerusalem. He's traveling to Saul. Paul is in Jerusalem. He's going to be traveling to Damascus uh, going north. Uh, he uh, he asked the priest for letters to to the synagogues in Damascus. He wanted to find men and women who belonged to the way of Jesus. The letters would allow him to take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. On his journey, Saul approached Damascus. Suddenly, a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground. He heard a voice speak to him, Saul, Saul, why are you opposing me? Who are you? Saul asked. I am Jesus, he replied. I'm the one you're opposing. Now get up, go into the city. There you'll be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there. They weren't able to speak. They had heard the sound, but they didn't see anyone. Saul got up from the ground. He opened his eyes, but he couldn't see. So they led him by hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind. He didn't eat or drink anything. Now, there are a lot of fascinating aspects to this story that you and I may not relate to. And my point isn't trying to say that, uh, uh, the simple point that I'm not trying to say today isn't that somehow, some way, there's going to be a divine interruption in your life and you're going to be uh, on a walk here in Mansfield or somewhere on your neighborhood and there's going to be a bright light and you're going to hear this voice and then you're going to be blind for 72 hours. Okay? That's not what I'm talking about. All right? So what does a divine interruption look like in my life and in yours? And how does it compare here to, to Saul slash Paul? Well, actually, there are a lot of different ways that, that this comes out to meet you and I right where we live. Firstly, uh, the first aspect of divine interruption is I want you to know that God can get your attention. Yeah, he, he can do just about anything he wants to do. It doesn't have to be that dramatic. It can be as subtle as it needs to be. Because God knows exactly who you are. He knows exactly where you live. He knows exactly the things that matter to you and the things that don't. For instance, I know that today being the day that it is, that I better not go beyond 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay? Otherwise, there might be some lightning bolts coming from you toward me. All right? It's silly, but... It's not. Because I know where you live. I know what matters today. Not necessarily right now, but in a little while. Now that may seem silly, but it's not. And if if I, with as little as I know, and as little as I understand... I'm able to put those things together. What do you think God's able to put together to get your attention? However he wants to do that. I think it's significant, to me anyway, I think it's significant that God, Saul, as educated and as experienced as he was, thought, now listen here, thought that he was doing God a favor. He thought he was working for God. There's a self-righteousness aspect of this story that I think for some of us ought to be 
tended to. Because there are times after a while where we just about, we, we think we've learned about as much Bible as we need to learn. We think we've learned all these stories and, and, and we can now speak for God because we know what God wants and we know how God thinks. And I just have one simple response to that. Uh-uh. Academically speaking. It doesn't work like that. And, and, and matter of fact, uh, in most of the things that I've learned in life, just about the time I think I figured it all out, there's a whole nother, not just chapter, but multiple volume set of life lessons. And just about the time I figured God out, God has, okay, now that you've gotten through second grade, let's move to the next step. And I learn more about the depths of mercy and more about the width of grace. And I just didn't realize I could be humbled that much more. If you want to follow God, and to the best of your ability, you think you are, only to find out that you're actually opposing him, don't be surprised if God interrupts you. Don't be surprised if God says, why, why are you doing that? Why are you getting mad at this? Why are you uh, adding qualifications or, or hindrances for people to come to me when you let me worry about them? You do that. That's, that's what was going on here in so many different ways. We get interrupted when we think we know who God is and what God wants. And we're often surprised. This is so important. We're often surprised to find Jesus where we didn't expect him to be. Doing things that we didn't expect him to do. There's a lot of power there. Jesus isn't often where we think he is or doing what we think he should be doing. This isn't something that God does only to those that are against him. This isn't just a story about those kinds of self-righteous, uh, those kinds of individuals that have some self-righteous ish, self-righteousness issues. It's also for the simple things. The really simple things. When does God interrupt? When you're sitting at work and somebody has, somebody that you know is just having some difficulty and suddenly it just comes to your mind that you ought to invite them to church. Um, them? Them? Yeah. Them. It's that subtle, subtle nudge. That little push. Because I want you to think that God did that with someone else for you. And you would never think that they would say about you, them? But who knows? It's that little nudge. Because God knows exactly how to get your attention. He really does. Because God can say anything to anyone in any way at any time. He knows exactly what to say to you. He knows how to interrupt your train of thought. He knows uh, what person will get your attention and what person won't. He knows the people that you ignore and the people that you respect. He knows whether you don't read your email or you do. He knows whether you pay more attention to Facebook than you do the television. 
Now, all those things, I'm not saying that one is better than the other. I'm just saying God knows you, and he knows how to get your attention. He knows exactly what to say, when to say it. He knows whether to be gentle, or in the case of a firstborn, strong-willed, stubborn young man, he knows whether to use a two-by-eight. And I wish, I wish I could laugh with you. Because sometimes it hurt. It really hurt bad. But God knew exactly how to get my attention. He never broke me. But he did discipline. Because sometimes I was really stupid. Sometimes we can be. And he knew exactly what to say. He knew the person or persons that needed to say it, and when they needed to say it. And still the challenge is this. Will I pay attention? God can say anything to anyone in any way at any time. So here's my question. What's God saying to you today? What's God been saying to you for the last few days or weeks? What nudges has God been trying to get you to pay attention to? Not only can he get your attention, God can also get you to listen. Really simply. I find it interesting in the story that... um, uh, Saul was more than capable of hearing the message that was given to him. The men that he was traveling with, we're not really sure whether they heard every word. It says that they heard a sound. Does that mean they heard the words? I don't know. I'm not going to speak more than uh, what, uh, what was written. But it, it seems that this was something that was specific to him. Remember I said he can speak to anyone in any way at any time, all those kinds of things. He can do, it was specific to him, which means God can be specific to you and to me. God is not inhibited by language or technology in any way, shape, or form. So he can say whatever he needs to say so that you and I can listen. Now, just to get you your perspective, right now, if, you, if you're really quiet, You can hear the fan in the projectors. Now, you weren't listening to it until I said it. But now that I said it, some of you can't hear it, and some of you are still trying to say, what? The point is, there are lots of things that we hear and a bunch that we don't listen to. You see my point? Ambient noise. God can't be ambient noise to you and me. There's too much at stake. There's too much that's important. There was self-righteousness before. Now there's self-assessment. He was the one, this is the one that only he could hear. We get interrupted when God lets us know what he thinks. And it's not really sophisticated. It's not a mysterious thing. 
It's that aspect of my, uh, my ability to understand when I'm about to do something I shouldn't be doing, and God's going, what are you doing? What are you doing? When I'm getting ready to get mad, and I know I really shouldn't be mad, God's going to go, don't, don't go there. Don't do that. When I uh, might start taking a look at someone and thinking that uh, they don't have any business uh, getting to know God because they got to get their act together first, and God says, what are you talking about? I was patient with you. You be patient with them. It's not that sophisticated. It's actually quite simple. God can get our attention. He can get you and I to listen. And you and I had better believe, we really need to believe, that God doesn't just abandon us in all this. He also can give you and I the next step to take. What God does not do is just simply challenge and convict and then leave us high and dry with no place to go. No one to follow. Over and over again, if you've been here one week, you've been here ten weeks, you've heard us say, uh, even if the recording goes bad, uh, that our entire purpose here is to find and follow Jesus. And in the same way that you found him, you can help others to find him. In the same way that you're following him and learning to follow him, you can help someone else follow him and learn to follow him. This is how it's always been passed on. It always will be passed on. It's really just that simple. And it's not uh, as, uh, uh, as scientific or academic as just going through the scriptures, even though I, I completely and totally recommend that along with everything else. But lots of times, especially in the beginning, we learn by watching. How does my other believer friend follow Jesus? Let me follow him. Let me, let me learn from her. Let me see what he does. Let me, let me listen to what she says. Because in the beginning, we don't know what to read, sometimes let alone uh, what we're reading. And so we learn and we study and we grow. And it doesn't just happen. It's not this sudden uh, USB you know, download that we just kind of plug into the back of our heads and you know, a la Matrix kind of stuff. It doesn't work like that. It's people growing and learning and making mistakes and stumbling and, and getting better and better. And what's, it's not... It's not uh, insignificant that Paul, who was seeking to lead others away by the hand, is now being led himself helplessly by the hand, trusting where God's going to lead him. And sometimes it feels like that. Sometimes it really can be scary. God, I, I only know how to live this way. I only know how to think this way. And you want me to change how I live and change how I think. And I don't know what to do. And God says, that's okay. There's a whole bunch of people who have done this before and I took care of them and I'm going to take care of you. That's why Paul, when he wrote earlier, uh, he wrote a whole bunch of the books that you and I find in, in the back part of the Bible, what we call the New Testament. He wrote a bunch of letters to the churches that he planted. And in uh, the church in Rome, he said this, If God is for us, who can be against us? For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, angels, demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God unless my car breaks down. No, God takes care of that too. 
Because sometimes cars breaking down can be a divine interruption. Okay, unless I can't pay my rent this month. No. Sometimes God interrupts that part of our life just to teach us a different kind of lesson. Unless the doctor calls and says, uh, I need you to come in, I need you and your wife to come in right now because we have to talk. No, God's got that taken care of too. As afraid and as worried and as difficult as it might be, God's got that covered. He always has and he always will. Psalm 25 says this, he guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. I didn't put those up because I want you to hear. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. Psalm 31 says, Since you are my rock and my fortress, for the sake of your name, lead and guide me. So what's the next step? What do you do here? What do, you, what do we do now? God, I'm not, I'm not Saul. I'm not working against you. <clears throat> but you know what? Frankly, I don't know which, what, ne- what the next step happens to be. Okay, if you don't know who Jesus is, then you need to decide whether or not that you believe in him or don't. If you don't know who Jesus is, then you need to make a decision as to whether you believe that he's the son of God or he's not. Because if you don't, then whatever happens after that is a waste of time. Because it's not going to matter. It, it, it just won't, insofar as what I say, what I say to you. But if you do, if you do want to follow, if you're tired of being led around by, uh, uh, by people because you don't know what to do next and you're, you're frustrated and you're, and you're overwhelmed and you're just tired of having to try and figure it all out and you're, you've tried to figure it all out before but it's led to one mistake and one misjudgment and one frustration after another, well then guess what? You're in good company because there's a whole bunch of us that have been there at least one time in our lives. Yes or no? Right, so we've all been there. We know what we need to do. We know what we did. And when we finally said, enough, I'm sick and tired of trying to figure it all out. God, help me. And Jesus shows up and and he says, here I am. And we say, who are you? I'm the guy you've been looking for for a long time. And I've known you all your life. And you don't, even begin to know how much I love and care for you. If you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sin and can forgive you of all of that because of his death on the cross, then God's going to forgive you and you and I are going to, we're going to walk right over there and whether it's in a backyard pool or it's right there, we're going uh, to have a baptism That's where the old person is just going to die and be buried and a new person is going to rise to walk in newness of life and it doesn't matter what anybody else says and what your name used to be because now it's going to be, hi, my name's Shan and I'm brand stinking new. And after that, we just learn together. We stumble a little bit but we grow. God grants mercy and grace day after day, little 
by little. Because he knows how to get your attention. He knows what to do to make you listen. And he will tell you what the next step has to be. So what do you want to do now? God, thanks so much for who you are and what you do. God, there are times in our life when we've thought that we knew exactly what was going to happen and how things were going to work out, only to be stunned to find out that things didn't work out any way that we thought they were going to. And Lord, then in our misery and in our tears and in our frustration and in our bewilderment, we look around and people that we thought were friends are gone and people that we thought we could count on have left. And it's just you and us. And so God, we're reaching out now. You've got our attention and we're listening and we're waiting to see what you want us to, what you want us to do next. God, we love you. We're so grateful for what you've done. And no one can do what you do. No one can change us the way that you can change us. So we're ready. We're ready to make a difference. We're ready to be different. But help us, God. Help us. Thank you so much for loving us and coming for us, chasing us down, reaching down to make a difference, an eternal difference in our lives. Bless us now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.